Give Pastor Mike a hand. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for leading this church extravagantly for the last year that I've been serving here. We love the leadership that we get. Uh, seasoned ministry and his wife, Elisa, who helped us find a house. Uh, we looked at so many different places and they're just amazing. And so if you have the opportunity to honor them, uh, do that. Say thank you, um, as well as other, other pastors and leaders here. Um, I'm wearing a Oilers jersey. Any fan here from Edmonton? I'm, uh, I'm just getting into hockey nowadays, and so don't uh, blame me. Don't uh, you know, curse at me for if, you, if you hate this team. But uh, my wife and I just moved from Saskatchewan to the Alberta side, and so we hope that the Albertans would be gracious to us just as much as the Saskatchewans have been. Uh, it has been a, a blessing, and uh, we continue forward. Um, I'm the youth pastor here. My name is Elijah, if you haven't um, realized yet. And uh, we're trekking along. We're, we're moving forward. And tonight, I kind of wanted to talk about choices. All of us have made different choices in life. And part of the dignity of this human being, of every human being that God has made that God has created is that He has endowed us, He has given us, part of our dignity package is this ability to choose. Ability to choose what to believe, what to do, what to become. From choices of what am I going to have for dinner tonight? Am I going to have a spicy food from East Asia or some American Plenty, quantity food. Am I going to have mango ice cream or chocolate? I love this aspect of life. That God has given us the ability to choose. What do I eat? Who do I hang out with? What do I do with my life? Talk a lot of that, about that um, with the youth you know, what, what, what are you going to do? Where are you going to college? Where are you going to date? And some of them are in that stage, going to college. Some of them are dating. Choices, different choices. The big ones are marriage. We talk about commitment for life. Big choice. I'm one year in, and it's awesome, but at the same time, you are stuck in a positive way to a person for life, and you have to make the best out of it about the choice that you've made. How many of y'all are thankful that you've married the right person? Yeah? Just as thankful as I am? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I married the right person. Our ministry assistant, if you don't know that cute girl in the office, she's here Monday to Thursday. Just say hi. She's over there wearing Oilers. Jersey as well. Talking about choices. See, with different choices, we also get different paths. And with the choices that you make there, within that path, there are different consequences. You would find yourself getting a ticket if you speed over 
10 kilometers beyond what's allowed. You can't go beyond 120 in a 110. Choices. And the consequences of that is a fine. And I know when I was a speedster, before God changed my heart, I know what it means to pay a hefty fine for these tickets. So you don't want to do that. Youth, if you're a new driver, you don't want to pay these tickets. Save your money, invest it well. Talking about choices, consequences. You see, there are a lot that God has given us. One that would have impact tomorrow, the next minute, or it could have a decade of consequences attached to it, whether good or bad, or eternally, beyond this life. And so we are looking at the story of the man who was invalid, paralyzed for the, the, the lower half of his body was not working, not functioning. And so he was in a path of suffering. And he wanted to see, is there a solution to this? He was making somewhat real excuses for why he wasn't, that he can't get to where he wants to go. And so we're going to read that. Talking about choices, talking about paths, talking about consequences. In John 5, you have it in your uh, bulletin there. I'm going to read the story. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir. The sick man said, For I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat, and began walking. This miracle happened on the Sabbath, so that the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry the sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse might happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. The Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath. Sabbath rules. Here we have a man desperate for 38 years, being invalid, being unable to move. Can't even move past five different porches to get to the pool where he believed. And they believed that you were going to get healed somewhat if there is a spring coming up from the Roman aqueducts that are coming in. There was a water system that was uh, part of this area that they believe was miraculous. And so 
we don't know if they were actually real, they were miraculous, were they working? Uh, there's some sort of superstition that was tied to this. But what we do know in this story is that when Jesus meets people, he comes to them and he asks them and he with the dignity that God has given us, that Jesus has given us, allows us to make a decision. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? If I would title this sermon, I would, I would title it, How Bad Do You Want It? How Bad Do You Want to Get Well? How Bad Do You Want the Gift of God for You, the mercy and the grace and the love of God, the person who created you, the the God who created you, formed you. He has a solution for your situations. How bad do you want it? You see, when I was reading this, when I was a child, when I was, I grew up in church, grew up in a church planting church in the, in the Philippines, and I loved growing up, learning how to play musical instruments and hearing the pastor. I thought, God is speaking through the pulpit with the words and the inspiration that was being spoken there. I, I knew God must be real. I knew that he must be speaking to people because there, is, there are some things that he is speaking to me that, that nobody is able to connect with. Heart to heart, this God of the universe somehow is speaking to a man through his word. And I'm able to have this inspiration this breath in my lungs, this motivation to live right, to live according to God's word. And so, here is the man. Here is Jesus. I thought it was a stupid question, actually. That was just my mind working when I was a child. Do you want to get well? Well, see, Jesus has already seen him, and he had actually realized already the man was ill for 38 years. It might have been part of the, the, the talk of town or the, the part of the conversation on the side amongst the people who were sick and ill and lame and paralyzed. They knew each other's stories. And Jesus realized already he had been in, he had been in that condition for a long time. And yet, Jesus asked the question, do you want to get well? And I was thinking when I was younger, when I was looking at it, I'm like, why would you ask that question, Jesus? My Lord, why would you ask that question? It is obvious. The man wants to get well. He has been in that position for 38 years, being stuck in nothingness. Not a lot of activities can you do in that situation. Stuck in pain. No activity. Do you want to get well? When I became older, I realized it was brilliant for Jesus to ask that question because it was cutting to the heart of the man. It was cutting, cutting to the problem. It's the heart issue. It's the spiritual issue. You see, Jesus was asking the person, do you want to get well? It was, it was a question of the will. 
It was the question of, do you want to receive something that you have been looking for? There was a mission trip that uh, my old church was, um, they went to New York City and uh, in New York there's about 100,000 homeless people, you know, just walking about the streets. There are a lot of outreach, you know, communities there who would feed them and um, they served at one of the, one of the ones that they would, you know, feed 2,000 people per night, per day. And upon the conversations when they got back, I was asking them, so what was it like? How, how were the homeless people living? What were they like? What, what, were they, what were they aiming for? Did you guys preach the gospel to them? Did they get the message that we are preaching to them? And you know, some responded, some received Christ, some were, uh, you know, they were fed physically and they were fed spiritually. And so it was a blessing to us to hear those stories. But part of the ones that actually cut to my heart was this. When they went around and asking people if they want to get well, if they want to move forward in life, if they want to actually get a job, if they want to, um, you know, get better and move forward in life. Most of the homeless people there said, I'm good. I identify with the people here. I, some of them have the opportunity to actually move forward in life, but they said, I, I like it here. I like my friends here. I like where I'm at. They've been stuck to the streets, to this living style, this lifestyle of just moving up and about and receiving food, physical food. And so somehow they have identified themselves with the place and the people and the situation, even though it looks like it is not the way to go. They have made their choices. There's a path that God gives us. And there's a path that we choose. And part of what we're trying to do with, you know, every single week teaching from the Bible, teaching from the Word of God is to be able to let others know that there is a path that is best for your life. It is the path that God has for your life. And so I realized when I was older, when I got older, Jesus asked the brilliant question that cuts to the heart of the problem because some people don't want to get well. Do you want to get well? Are there things in your life that needs to change? Brilliant question. And I want to ask myself when I was prepping for this message is that how bad do I want it? How bad do I want the things that God wants for me? How bad do I want the path that God has for me? Because let me tell you, it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been, it hasn't been a straight line. There are things in life that I wish aren't there. Sometimes in leadership, there is, there is this loneliness that happens because 
somehow you have to follow Jesus. You have to lead people. And there are times, there are places where God wants you to be alone with Him. And it is you and God. And I ask sometimes, how bad do I want it? How bad do I want to lead people spiritually? How bad do I want to tell our youth that there is a path that God has for you, but some of them just don't want it? Some of them are stuck. Not only youth, but all of us. There are areas in our lives that doesn't line up with the path God has for us. There are things in our lives that we would rather hide. There are things in my heart, you know, whether it be some type of prejudice or, you know, heart that is not right or all of us have different moments where we're not proud of. Sometimes we think of people less than us because of the choices they make. and There are things in my heart that needs be addressed and I'm walking in that path moving forward with God but I'm I'm sobered by the question how bad do you want it do you want to get well and so first and foremost this story has been written for us so that we can know that first of all there is a person a deity a God God of the universe who loves us, cares for us, wants the best for us. And that person is Jesus and he invites us to move forward with our lives so that we can live right. We can live according to his word, according to his will. In any other way, I believe any other religion falls short, doesn't even compare. Righteousness belongs to the Lord. The path that we believe is right is Jesus' path. And so we follow him today. We lead others to follow him. Point, pointing to the sacrifice that is done on the cross. So that others can live. Others can make choices. And follow the path that Jesus has for us. The perfect standard of God. And he clung on that cross and he said, I love you. I love you with all your problems. I love you with all of the mistakes, all of the sin that is in you. But I love you enough that if you want to follow in this path, in this cycle of choices, of doing right, living right, then I love you enough not to leave you there, but to live right, to live according to my will, my word according to the standard of perfection. That's what Jesus brings in our lives. This perfection that we can never attain for ourselves. No works, not enough even going to church and praying would make us righteous in ourselves. We need the person of Jesus. The God of the universe who created us, sustains us. And gives us breath in our lungs. And so Jesus addresses the problem of the man here. His physical ailments. His paralysis of his lower body. 
But let me tell you, that wasn't all of it. Jesus did not only come to earth to heal our physical ailments, our diseases. Jesus came to earth so that we can be healed of our spiritual disease. See, every single person makes a choice. And since the beginning of this story, back in Genesis, humanity always made bad choices with the freedom that God has given them. I mean, how many of y'all have made bad choices in life? How many of y'all know what it means to be enticed, to be tempted to do the things that are not right, that are wrong? According to the eyes of God. Since the beginning, there has been a cycle of choices that have been made. And so we actually call this this after a while, you know, since the beginning, since when humanity decided to rebel against God to do the things that are not right, there is this sinful nature that is born in every single person. Every single person has this ability to sin, ability to do things that are wrong in the eyes of God. And so, all of us are here. All of us have been born with this. And Jesus, when he met with a man who was paralyzed for 38 years, he was not only dealing with his physical disease, but also his spiritual disease. It's the sin in his life, his, his sin nature. See, Pastor Mike or Frank or me, we are not perfect. We make mistakes. We sin. We are sinners. But the problem, the, the, the solution is this. All of us are sinners, right? But there is this solution. There is this solution to the problem of sin that is available. That is Jesus Christ's work on the cross. And all you need to do is receive him. All you need to do is say, God, I want the spiritual breath that you offer. I want the perfection of standard that, that you have been able to establish because you are perfect. It's not my righteousness anymore. It is his righteousness. And so even though all of us have been born of sin, we have sinful nature, it can be addressed by the finished work of Jesus. And everybody knows this. Who died for our sins so that we can be forgiven. 2,000 years ago. Even if you don't go to church, you have heard the stories over and over. Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for me. But the problem that we're dealing with is in the decision making. We all know this story. We all know Jesus Came, came to earth and died for our sin. But let me ask you, do you want to get well from the sin problem in your life? Because that has to be addressed. All of us are sinners, but we, we can be covered by the work of Jesus. All of that can have the solution that, the only solution that we can look for. That is just Jesus on the cross. Forgiveness of sin. Receiving new life. Receiving spiritual breath. And so if you haven't been at church for a long time, or haven't done good deeds or good works, 
doesn't really matter at this point because what matters is that you, re, you decide for yourself. You receive the free gift that he offers you, the invitation to walk in the path that he has set so that you can live right, so that you can have spiritual breath in your lungs. You can move forward. You can have the life that God has for you. Do you want to get well? With the sin problem that you have, if you, if, if you haven't received Jesus, if you don't have this commitment to follow Jesus, then you don't have your sins forgiven. You don't have this, this relationship, this spirit-to-spirit relationship, right relationship with God. You see, I talk to a lot of people and they believe the same things that I believe. They believe that Jesus died on the cross. They believe all of these things, but their life doesn't line up with what they are saying. And at the end of the day, it's, it's not really about just knowledge, what you know Jesus did and all of that. But it's about the real commitment that you have in your heart. Have you committed your life to Christ? Have you... Have you done what is necessary for your sins to be forgiven? Jesus made it simple. One question. With the spiritual problem that this man had, do you want to get well? Jesus is basically saying, the ball is, the ball is on your court. The ball is on your court. I've proven that I can do miracles. Jesus has proven that he can do all things according to the will of God. That he can heal people. That he has the authority to drive out demons. That he can make the lame walk. That he can forgive us of our sin. That's why the religious people were so hateful towards Jesus. They wanted they wanted people to do good works so that they can come to God, so that they can be proud of themselves and call themselves higher than the others. But Jesus did not work that way. That's what you call a religion. Jesus was establishing a relationship. And so he made it simple. Do you want to get well? One question. The ball is on your court. I've done everything that needed to be done. Now it's your decision. It becomes a problem of will. Do we want the path that God has for us? Do we want the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy that God offers? The God of the universe who died for us, rose from the dead so that we can be forgiven. Do you want it? Or do you reject it? We see that the paralytic here actually received the gift that Jesus was offering. By one question. Do you want to get well? In verse 7, he even makes some excuses. He said, sir, the disabled man answered, I have no one to put me into the pool when the waters is stirred. But while I am coming, someone goes ahead of me. Verse 8, get up. Jesus told him, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man got well, picked up his mat, and started to walk. 
That's it. It's simple. That's all that, that is ever needed to be done is to come to Jesus, to believe his word, and to follow his instruction. That's all you need to do. And so today, if you haven't had your sins forgiven, if you haven't committed your life to Jesus Christ, to following him, to following in his righteous path for you, receiving the free gift that he offers you, that he's ever offer, been offering people for 2,000 years, you can do that today. It is simple. Do you want to get well from your sin problem? See, all of us have difficulties in life. All of us have different sins. and All of us have different choices we have, we've made and consequences thereof. But what are you going to do about it? Jesus looks at him, looks, looks at the man. What are you, you going to do about it, Joe? I, I see that there's a problem. You've been sitting there for a long time. And I know you have good reasons why you can't get the healing. But you see, you're looking for the healing in the wrong places. The bubbles doesn't heal you. I heal you. His name is Jesus. He's the only person in history who has proven that he has the authority, that he has the power. He has the truth that we've all been searching for. Is there a sin problem in your life? Yes, the answer is yes. But have you got the solution? Have you received the forgiveness of sin only through the only person, the Bible says, that we can receive forgiveness from? His name is Jesus. It's not through going to church every single week or Bible study every single week. It's through a personal commitment to the person of Jesus, the person who loves you, the person who doesn't want you to be stuck in the sin problem. We call it the paralysis of the soul where the spirit that God is wanting to give you has to be received somewhat the decision is not God's anymore it is ours Jesus asks do you want to get well we are on the receiving end how many of y'all have received God's grace God's love God's mercy everything that God offered you Everything that he has for you. I've done it. And so can you. We're looking at the problem, the sin problem of humanity, of every single person. And we got the solution. It is Jesus. So just do it. Just do it, man. Just move forward. Just receive the free gift that God has for you. That free gift is Jesus. Do you want to get well? If you haven't done that, you can do that today. If you haven't committed your life, life to Christ yet, you can do that today. Not only that your sins will be forgiven, heaven will be rejoicing, and you will begin to have this spiritual life, spiritual connection with God, the God of the universe, the God who created you. And yes, life 
planned for you. That is the best thing I realized for me. It's the best thing that have ever happened in my life when I continue on walking forward, left foot, right foot, following Jesus. It is the best life because I'm not crushed by the circumstances of life anymore. I'm not crushed by the sometimes loneliness, sometimes, you know, sadness, seeing how, where the world is heading these days. No, I have this resolve. God of the universe has forgiven me. And he has a path for me. And others can do the same. If you would just be willing to receive it. And be willing to obey his word. He says, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. A lot of us get stuck in the first area of it. Do you want to get well? Well, kind of, yes. Making excuses, this and that. Jesus is encouraging us through his word today, just do it. Go, go do it. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Move forward with your life. I have the best plan for you. But then we get stuck to the, to the other side of it. Attached to the decision to say yes to following Jesus is the decision to actually do hard things. Not according to your will anymore that you are going to live. But according to his will for your life. Get up, pick, your, pick up your mat and walk. Will you obey Jesus? Will you receive his instruction for you to move forward in your life? How bad do you want to get well? You can do that today. As I call up the team, we are going to reflect on the song and think about the decision that you might have to make. Which path do I follow? Do I want to deal with the sin problem in my life? And if you want to do that, let's do it. You're going to be part of the team. You're going to move forward with your life with God. All of the ups and downs all of the inspiration, all of the motivation, all of the peace, all of the everything, all of the gift that God has for you, you can receive it today. God made it simple to come to him. You want to get well? Come to Jesus, receive his word, obey his instruction, pick up your mat, go and walk. Amen. If you would like to receive this free gift of life Jesus offers you can do that today by confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved it's a simple coming to Jesus it's a moment it's a it's as simple as a prayer but a prayer that is sincere a prayer that says yes to the offer, but also so sincere that you want this personal relationship with the God of the universe who created you, who loved you, who wants the best life for you. You can receive him today by simply coming to him in prayer. He can receive you and he will receive you with open arms. And so if that is you today, pray with me. 
for the benefit of those who are praying for the first time, just so it's not awkward. Church family, you can pray the sinner's prayer as well. If that is you tonight, sincerely pray this and you will be connected with your heavenly Father in heaven through believing in the Lord Jesus. Pray this after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for dying on the cross so that my spiritual paralysis, my sin problem can be forgiven. Thank you for giving me this life. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I receive it and I want the life that you want for me. Jesus' name. Amen. If you have done that for the first time or you're recommitting your life to Jesus, you can do that today and heaven celebrates with you. We are celebrating with you. At the end of the story here, Jesus finds the man again. Now he's at the temple. It says in verse 14, after this, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see you are well. Do not sin anymore so that something worse doesn't happen to you. See, somehow the spiritual paralysis of this person, this paralytic, has been consequence of the choices that he has made. And Jesus, with a stern warning, makes it clear that there's a different path that I have for you now. I've healed you physically and spiritually. Don't go to the old path anymore. You have new life in me. And so go. Sin no more. And so that's why I ask, are you sincere about praying to receive Jesus? Because this is a real commitment. It's like marriage. Even more than that, this is forever. Will you follow him? Obey him? Live your best life because you're following in the best path that God has for you. And so go. Sin no more. Welcome to the family if you have done that. We bless you. We want to grow, you know, grow you in your spiritual, you know, journey now. Go to church on, sun, on Sundays, on Wednesdays, whenever, and uh, we would love to get you plugged in into different groups and all of the things that we all need for spiritual growth to happen. God bless everyone that is here. You've come. Worn your, you know, favorite shirts. Put all the uh, smiles on everyone's faces and let's just have a good time tonight. There's more coffee there and, I don't know, drinks. God bless you guys. Have a good week. See you next week.